in episode 112. And you have transition and you are, you are living that life. And maybe, at, maybe during a long period of that time, you did identify as a crossdresser. And maybe that period of your life is wrapped up in a lot of pain. I understand why you would want to distance yourself from that term. I get it. Some of us actually are just crossdressers, though. And at that point, that's when I started getting excited about going out because I realized that presenting myself in a different, embodying this other person, presenting myself in this different way, kind of like adjusts the dials on my personality. The, the more you can come out, the better off you will be just in your heart, just psychologically. You'll be a happier person. Now that's today's guest, Miss Madeline Aubergine, or Maddie for short, in three separate clips, giving her thoughts on the cross-dresses are transgender debate, why she's excited to go out as Maddie, and how therapeutic it is for people to come out. Maddie identifies as a cross-dresser, is a drag aficionado, and I'm excited to have her as a brand new member to the Cross-Yas family. And she was gracious enough to come onto the podcast to tell her story. If you're interested in what else Maddie has to say, well, stay tuned. It's another real fun, curious conversation with me, your girl, Giselle Mirasol, here on the Cross Yas podcast. It was so much fun that our convo became a two-parter, with part two coming out tomorrow. I enjoyed my conversation with Maddie, and I think you will too. So, you ready for part one? Yas! Yas, yas, yas! Yas, 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 yas! Cross Yas Podcast with Giselle Mirasol. Yas! Yas! Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast, the podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. I'm Giselle Mirasol, host of the sexiest podcast out there. I'm taking back the word cross-dresser. I consider myself a part of the vast transgender umbrella. And if you're willing, I'll be your guide into this crazy and sometimes confusing world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. Check out our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com, for behind-the-scenes stuff, Q&As with guests, and ways you can support our podcast, like via our Patreon. If you're looking for even more support, you can chat with me, Sierra, or other exciting Crossy Yas listeners on our Crossy Yas Confidential Discord, which is also available on our website. You'll also find a bunch of eager beavers who are more than willing to chat with you. And finally, if you found Maddie's story interesting and have your own personal story that's cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender-related, but wondering to yourself, well, hold up now. I wonder if anyone wants to hear my story. Well, duh. You know me and you know the podcast. The answer to your burning question is aloud. Frickin'. Yes! Hit me up, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com. DM me on Instagram at crossyaspodcast. Or chat me up on Discord Rochi underscore mochi pound 7325. Looking forward to it. Happy June. It's Pride Month, and boy, do I have a lot of stuff in store this month. I'm currently editing over four Curious Conversations for you, the wonderful Curious listener, to enjoy. And I'm hoping to have them all released this month. Won't beat around the bush too much in this episode, as I have a special treat for you with today's guest. Madeline Aubergine, a.k.a. Maddie, who I just met over a week ago and she's already been an incredible joy to talk to. Currently hailing from the weirdest place in the world, Portland, Oregon, Maddie comes onto the podcast with a lot to say, as you got a taste there in the intro. She's well-spoken, she's got tons of experience in the cross-dressing game, and well, I couldn't even contain it all in just one episode, so she gets the luxury of having two episodes. So look for the second part, which will be up tomorrow. 
Lots of stuff this month coming at you across YAS, listener, even on our Patreon, so check that out on our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com, if you haven't joined already. But how about we just get this episode started right now? It's the first part of my Curious conversation with Maddie here in episode 112. Enjoy. Okay, uh, welcome, Maddie, to the Cross hey. Yas podcast. How are you, girl? I'm so good. Thank you. Yes, yes. First off, thank you for coming. I've met you less than a week ago, and now you are part of the prod- production. <laughs> you are part of the... <laughs> You're part of the, uh, I don't know, the huge part of the Discord now, and now you are responsible for a lot, so sorry, and thank you. Uh, I'm so excited to be a part of it. Are you kidding? This is <laughs> this has been, this is so much fun so far, and I'm really excited for the future, and I hope I can maintain the level of enthusiasm that I've brought. Sorry, I'll slow down. I get, I talk fast. When... No, take it. It's fine. We can slower your speed post. In post. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What brings you here, girl? What, what brought you to the podcast? Why are you here? And how can we get more out of you? I guess. You, in, you invited me. That's why I'm here. And um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited just to be a part of the project and share my experience with everyone because that seems to be what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And what are your experiences, if you want to even start with that? Uh, well, that's a broad question. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we get here. Yeah, broad is broad. broad well, is I've, I've had a lot of them. So can you, can, you, can you narrow it down a little bit? Sure. So um, that one time in Portland when you, I'm just kidding, yeah. I don't know the specifics. But um, what is your, um, you know, we're a cross-dressing sexuality and gender podcast. What gravitates you towards this podcast as far as like your cross-dressing or sexuality and or gender, if you want to start just even that broad of the spectrum? but just uh, so, Social connections, really. I'm a friend of Hope who is, uh, you interviewed on the show recently, and we've known each other for several years. So, And she had mentioned you a few times over the years in the show over the years. So I have a complicated relationship with podcasts, and I'm not always the best at... I, I kind of bounce back and forth. Like I, I focus more on audiobooks as far as my general listening goes so it's while i used to listen to a lot of podcasts that historically has like more recently not been as much i'm leaning back more in that direction i've been doing a good job of keeping up with the show since i joined the group so <laughs> that seems yeah, well done well done yeah well thank done. you yeah <laughs> but uh, uh did that answer your question i mean i ask a lot of questions i mean yeah it's, it's <laughs> how about we start from the beginning of uh, Maddie, like, uh, yeah. how did you knew you know you were a crossdresser, or you know, how do you identify? And how about we start there? Yeah, I, I do identify as a crossdresser. I have complicated feelings about the word, like it seems like all of us do. My origin story, I feel like it's it's not that exciting. It's the same thing most of us say, right? Is that I was I was I don't know seven or eight. I was at a friend's house. In, in my case, it was like one of us, probably me, was like. It wouldn't be funny if we got into your sister's closet and like we we dressed up and like parents do as soon as they hear kids start getting really quiet, they like come check on it. So like 10, 15, 20 minutes later, his mom came in and we got trouble and blah, 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 because it was like late 80s. And uh, I don't know. It made a big, big impression on me. Right. I feel like that was my imprinting moment. That's all I could think about. I couldn't wait to go over there and do it again. We did do it one more time and we got in trouble again. And that that was the last time. But uh, it, but it, but it was something that was always like that was that was that imprinting moment. It was in my brain and a part of me forever. 
going forward. Did it start there? It feels like not. I feel like I have, there's been something in me that's always been fascinated by transformations, drawn to transformations. Like I remember as a kid, there were, there was this like series of movies that, I don't, not, not a literal series, but like there were these animated movies like The Last Unicorn, Flight of the Dragons, you know, stuff like that, where they were about the, the main character getting transformed from one thing into another thing. Usually it wasn't even a gender transformation. It was more of a species transformation. And that, but that still made me feel the same way. So I don't know what to make of that. That makes, that makes me think that there is like a, I'm just born this way kind of component to it. But uh, yeah, that's how it got started. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, the transformation aspect, because like you, uh, how, how old are you? Um, if you don't mind me asking um, yeah, for the 40. podcast, Maddie? 40. You're 40, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so you're ancient. And, you know, being ancient, (laughs) (laughs) um, but being 40, right? Like you were, you are kind of, I mean, I'm 33, turning 33. And there is a time when all we had was television or, or really it was just TV. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can talk about books or the internet was kind of not in its infancy, but you were there, right? Where you you were experiencing the the change from analog to internet, right? To being able to search for things and watch it. And like growing up for myself, just watching transformations um, from boy to girl or from boy to robot or like boy to like girl to this, that, that I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think we talk enough about transformations, but on the podcast, but there is something about that being something different. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. similar to you or being something that's not what you are that kind of spurned that interest in being, I don't know, different. Oh, completely. Yeah. And to this day, it's what keeps me doing it. It's that, that moment, that payoff, that satisfaction is that when I have spent maybe a couple of hours on my makeup looking like a clown, and then I finally get the I finally get the lashes on, and I finally put my lips on, and then I finally, finally, finally put my hair on, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, there she is, and I and, and and like I feel like I see a different person. Mm-hmm. And what is it that your is that your end goal is just trying to be different than what you are or what you? It sounds it, it sounds like I'm trying to escape myself when I put it that way, doesn't it? A little bit, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, maybe there's something to it, right? I'm not. I don't have all my shit together when it comes to self-compassion and self-love. So, um, well, who does though? Who has all their shit together? Seriously. Sure. Yeah. Right. You know, some <laughs> people seem to, but I'm not hundred percent convinced. So, so yeah, what is that to me? Um, I think, I don't know if this directly answers the question, but something I've reflected on a lot is that as a man, that's an experience that's not available to you. Looking beautiful, looking gorgeous, looking in the mirror and being like, Oh my God, I look amazing. Right. You can put on a really well-cut suit and, and, and like nice dress shoes. And, like, I, I, and, and that almost approximates the experience for me. I can feel really good about that. But it's still not the same, right? There's, there's uh, something about feminine beauty that is just inaccessible to masculine expression, to man, manhood, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I think it's sad that, like, I mean, I get it. Not all men are drawn to do this, although I kind of suspect it's more than the numbers. It's a lot. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's, it's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, so I guess that's the end of thought, just that like, it's, it's, um, it's an experience you don't get to have with a man and, and, and therefore, and, and it feels really good, right? It feels really good to put a lot of work into yourself and to see the results mm-hmm. and feel amazing. And then, and then to put yourself in front of other people and have them go, Oh my God, you look great. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you this. Is it a temporary fleeting experience that you're searching for, or is it a permanent one for you? In the sense that, do you want to make this a full time thing, or is this just like you enjoy? You enjoy talking about the, transness. Yeah. yeah. Do you enjoy that part? Yeah. I think I think this is a question that all of us grapple with at some point. And in my experience, I feel like I'm actually one of the most cis oriented crossdressers that I have encountered. I feel like I feel like, mm-hmm. in other words, I feel like most crossdressers I know are more trans questioning than I am. I did. So like last year, this is still fairly early in in quarantine. And this is when, I mean, obviously I've been dressing off and on my whole life, like I described, but like I went most of my twenties without doing it at all. And which, which wasn't a, it wasn't a overtly anyway, consciously, it wasn't a denial. It wasn't a, like a purgy kind of thing. It was just sort of like, I was trying to figure out my life. And I felt that the way I explained it at the time, it just felt like my priorities were elsewhere financially and just in terms of like energy, right? You know, I was trying to establish, you know, like get to college and establish a career and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I, I started, I started like, by the time I got into my mid thirties, I was like, okay, I can't stop putting, I have to stop putting this off. I can't keep, if I keep putting this off, I'm going to be, I'm going to be 60 and I'll be just getting started. And I can't imagine the regret that I'll feel if if I don't get to enjoy any of the beauty of youth. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started, I started getting some more momentum going around that time. And, and again, it was kind of intermittent because, you know, emotions are complicated and it's a, can be a roller coaster for all of us. And, and it was not in quarantine that it really picked up. Like it was a little before that, but being stuck at home alone, I'm single. I live alone trying to figure out what to do with all this isolation, just like everyone else. And uh, so it was a, it was a great outlet for me. And, and I really, really dove into it at that point. And um, shit, remind me what question I was answering. <laughs> I don't know, but take me there. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you were asking about transness. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I think another important component of this answer is that I had never, I never really had much interest in going out before. I just didn't really see the appeal. Part of that was just social anxiety, right? I... I've grappled with that my whole life. Being in the spotlight actually really scares me. And um, so being out in public and being obviously what I am, right? You know, that draws a lot of attention. And so so that part of it was scary. But here's what happened in quarantine is I ended up, for the sake of like just trying to make more connections and have more social contact, I ended up on this, this app called Friended, which is not a dating app. It the way that it, I think the way it works is really cool is that instead of having a profile, you create these little posts and then the, the posts have prompts. So it's like, I don't know, it'll just be some phrase or sentence and you fill in the blanks. Right. And so what you do as you swipe through, instead of like swiping through profiles, like you would on Tinder, you swipe through people's posts and they give you these, what I think works really well about it is that it gives you these conversation starters and it doesn't filter nearly as much by like location or sex as a, or gender as a, um, as like a dating app would. Anyway, I ended up connecting with a woman in Alaska. Hey, Whitney, if you're listening to this, I love you so much. And we started talking about this part of myself. And she's like, oh my God, it's amazing. I've always wanted a drag queen friend. Cause like the, I put up a post that said, I, often I use the word drag. And so I was like, well, I'll make a, like a transformation video for you. And so I did, I did. Documented my whole process. And as I started showing that video to people, 
I started getting really great responses, telling me how fun I was to watch, telling me how fascinating it was, how cool it was. How, like people commented on my attention to detail, which was like, what you mean? Everyone doesn't fixate on things like that. And and then the most interesting thing as I started making more videos was that people who know me really well, like my ex-girlfriend and my sister, they were like, you know, Maddie's a little bit different than you. She has kind of a different personality. She has her own mannerisms. She has her own, she talks a little different. She's sassier. <laughs> and I found that super fascinating. And at that point, that's when I started getting excited about going out because I realized that presenting myself in a different, embodying this other person, presenting myself in this different way, kind of like adjusts the dials on my personality. And suddenly it became this tremendous opportunity for self-discovery to see who I am as Maddie interfacing with other humans. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So it was at that time, I'm getting to your question. <laughs> We're getting um, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. So it was at that time that for the first time ever, I started started having a little bit of like trans questioning, right? Because I was like, I was having these experiences and going like, I really do feel like I'm at my best in these moments. I feel like I'm being the best version of myself, just like personality wise. So I had to, I had to think really long and hard about that. And the conclusion that I came to was that there is... How do I describe this? It's like there's something a little bit illusory about this. There's something very seductive about having these experiences. I think this is something that a lot of cross-dressers go through. And you do feel that pull. You want to be that person more of the time, right? Except for the fact that I, <laughs> I'm not going to spend three fucking hours getting ready every day, right? I'm not going mm -hmm, to. And, mm -hmm. and not to mention the fact that it's, a, it's this weird when you're, when you're making an evening of getting dressed up and making videos or going out or hanging out with your friends, that's, that's, that's not a reflection of real life. You've created this little like microcosm of existence in which you're existing a little bit outside of reality. And as I'm sure like anyone who actually has transitioned will say, it gets a lot harder when you try to be that, when you try to do that, when you try to, when, what am I trying to say? When, when, yeah, when you try to make it a full-time thing and, and, and that part, that doesn't resonate with me, right? Because like, I don't, I don't, I still don't feel like I experience any gender dysphoria. I'm very comfortable being a guy most of the time. I like men's clothes. I, I spend more on men's clothes than I do on women's clothes. Does that answer your question? So you, you've, you've gone like, <laughs> the simple question was, do you like wearing a dress? And then you say, well, technically fabric is created and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> So it's like, um, right? The simple question is, do you like wearing dresses, right? Something if I take is very simple, but I love that you're very cerebral about it, right? You're very, um, um, yeah. you've definitely thought about this way harder than any person I've had on the podcast yet. So, which is great. <laughs> so you've, you've definitely thought about the inner, deeper meaning behind not just trans questioning, but also just being yourself, right? Um, yeah. Because clearly for you, um, it sounds like, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm just podcast. I don't know. I just love listening and hearing other people's thoughts, which is great because I think every other listener is going to be like, oh yeah, I've never thought about it that way. When you talk about escaping reality, everyone talks about escapism. For you, you talk about your personality being very introverted and then 
but being Maddie is slightly different. <laughs> it's like a whole different person that you like experiencing and yeah. being, yeah. and it helps your social anxiety, which is a lot of people during um, COVID, right? A lot right. of people are, I mean, they're still socially anxious, especially with COVID still being a thing, but it being able to experience that and going out and it sounds like it's just a different person, which is good. So it kind of answers the question, but also it's just, you're taking it farther than, most people would, which is amazing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes. I mean, like I'm writing notes down. I'm like, oh yeah, I've never thought about that. Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Being your best self. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I do love the seductive quality about it because maybe you'll talk about this. I'm sure you will. But do you feel it's like a different sort of sexuality that you're embracing as Maddie versus your male self, right? Yeah. Is that, that what I'm getting? Yeah. Oh, you mean in terms of actual orientation? Both um, sexual orientation as well as feeling sexual, I guess. Oh yeah, right. Um, the the feeling of sexiness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you don't get with masculine presentation. Yeah, um, that that gets into the whole like, is it a fetish or is it a you just being you or you know those kinds mm -hmm. of questions. That is my next question. Yes, it is. Yeah, right. I mean, again, and again, like all of us, this started off as much more of a fetish. Um, and and I still think of it that way. Like I don't think it does anyone and ever any favors to deny the sexuality of cross dressing. On that same note, I think it also we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that women's clothing is is it can be not always like there's plenty of like casual women's clothing that is not sensual. But the mm -hmm. I mean you've seen <laughs> you've seen what I like to wear. I'm very glam. Um, uh, yeah, well, I think I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it might have popped up on a, right. on my feed. Of some I don't, sort. Yes. I don't go casual. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me because it doesn't give me any of that, that zing, any of that transformation, any of that, like, <gasps> I feel fabulous. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, so do I feel sexy? Absolutely. Do I, do I feel, I don't know. I want to say like sexually primed. Yes. But also I've spent, I've probably spent at least two hours hyper-focused on the details of my makeup and have my, my junk squished under like four layers of tights. So <laughs> do I have a boner? Definitely not. It, it's just like, it's the, the overt uh, sexuality of it is kind of, kind of goes away as I get into that, into that flow. Um, yeah. So is it, I mean, you're going to talk about this too, because um, obviously you have a lot to talk about. Um, <laughs> is it, is it a performance thing for you? I know it's not, you know, drag is obviously performance based and what that's what the, you know, terminology is, uh, the sure. definition of it is. Um, but when you dress as Maddie or become Maddie um, and you turn into this hyper feminine state, because clearly We've seen the photos. Yes, yeah. you are exuding femininity in its sexiest form, if you will. <laughs> yeah, um, and hopefully strongest form, because that's a really important component of it. True, true. For me, too, um, is the fierceness. Right. Um, so there's no way you would just dress as, like, a Maddie wearing just sweats, <laughs> right? Like, no, basic, that, like, like yeah. that form of it. But right. You, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it seems like I'm, I'm kind of in the... Um, seems like I'm in the minority on that. It seems like so many cross-dressers are just like, this is great getting to work from home. I can just like wear a dress around the house, right? And I need the full transformation 
to have fun. I can't like it doesn't do anything for me to just put on a dress and lounge around. Um, anything for me in any way. I'm not just saying like it doesn't get me sexually excited. It it doesn't it doesn't tr- trigger any emotions for me. I need I need. I guess I do need. I, I haven't thought of it as a performance because like I never got up on stage and done a done a drag show. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you're taking photos. You're taking yes. gorgeous photos. Thank you. Um, for, um, yeah. You know, for the sake of taking photos and then showing them off, right? You're not just like, well, you know, putting it in a scrapbook and then, you know, looking at it an hour later. Yeah, that's, I took that photo in 2018. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. no, completely. It's, 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 so in that sense, it absolutely is a performance. I probably spent as much on my photography gear as I have on my, all my drag, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's a, photographic performance sometimes a videographic performance sure but there's a but there's a theme of performance to the to the look it it sounds like that's more where you were going right right yeah yeah. i i'm just i i find a lot of um commonality with you in that Mm -hmm. sense of for me the i don't have as much social anxiety as uh the common (laughs) lay person i guess yeah Um, no I loved being myself going out and dressing up as a hoe ho bag for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, a slut, right? <laughs> Wearing yeah. the hyper feminine club, like body con dresses, um, mm-hmm. out. Um, and wearing, you do it you know, phenomenally. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. A, I did a decent job. <laughs> um, yeah. and dressing up and hanging out with people being social about it. And then COVID hit and I was like, Bleh. like, I was like, I don't want to do any of this. This is kind of lame. And then, but the very, very interesting part of it is the um, dis- the Discord was very fascinating because of the wide range of cross-dressing slash trans people who are like the people you were talking about who are okay wearing a dress around the house or wearing yeah. tights or nail polish and stuff. Yeah. For myself, it was very like, yeah, that's great and all, but like, remember going out <laughs> to like a club yeah. and like right. dancing and all that st- stuff. For, for you, it's, it's kind of interesting because you during COVID sounded like you dressed up a lot inside, but like did this hyper feminine state indoors. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. Like, uh, I'd set up it. You can see it on Instagram. Like all of my Instagram photos right now are from the first like six months of lockdown or most of them anyway. Um, and yeah, it's my, like I, I move my furniture around. I set up a camera with a flash bulb, a flash gun. It, sometimes I set up a background and spend a couple hours <laughs> trying to hide the remote in my hand taking photos and like keeping like five of the like 300 that I take. Mm-hmm. And are you, I guess, is it, do you, do you find a lot of satisfaction in, and this goes into a validity question, but in mm. showing your photos off to people and having them like you, like, I know you don't like the spotlight, like there's not a lot of people who do, but what is it that you get out of it by posting your photos and like, l- you know, showing that, like, do you need that sense of like, guess validation and gratification from other people's not approval? That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that validation feels great. It it doesn't have to be about other people because being fully honest about this, after a photo shoot, I will sit and like look through the photos that I've taken for days and be like, oh, I feel so good about these, right? <laughs> I love the way I look. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's not that it's not just for me, but when you add that extra dopamine squirt from someone going, you look amazing, it turns up the dial on that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I guess as a socially anxious person yourself, 
because like we get a lot of that on the podcast, like people who are maybe not even like out yet, right? Who are very like shy and scared. And uh, we talked a little bit about that this morning. Some people are reading the Discord chat uh, about attention and spotlight. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you, I mean, maybe you don't fully know the answer to this and I don't expect you to, but like, how do you recommend others to finally come out? Because you came out, right? During COVID and being more open, like what can you offer as advice for other people to be like, oh yeah, maybe I can Oh yeah. Uh, It's not that I came out during COVID. It's been a, I don't know. I've been conditionally out to different people in my life for years. I don't know if there's a word for that. I'm not so much out at work. I'm not not out at work, but it's just, it's just something that doesn't feel relevant. Right. And right. Right. That's something I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate because like my, my, my workplace is very cool overall. Right. There's a LGBTQ Slack channel. People talk about their experiences. It wouldn't, you know, no one would bat an eye if I did. It's just sort of more in terms of thinking about like, long-term professional identity what if it doesn't go well right you know like what if i want to i'm a a software engineer what if i want to like transfer into leadership and go into management right is that going to interfere with colleagues taking me seriously potentially i hope not that's not the world i want to live in Mm -hmm. and i would love to be on the one hand i'd love to be on the vanguard and just be out and proud and be like i have this weird hobby don't worry about it (laughs) right right on the other hand, I, I want to, you know, make as much money as I can in my career and uh, not put up artificial roadblocks. So, um, or unnecessary roadblocks. I don't. I, that's something I'm still like thinking a lot about and trying to figure out what the best way to handle that is. I'm out to pretty much all my friends. I'm usually slower to come out to guy friends, but I also um, don't tend to hang on to guy friends that I think would be weird about it. So. That's also less of an issue. And also just the more, the more I have come out to guy friends, the more I've just realized that like, they're just as likely to think it's awesome as my women friends are, my cis women friends are, mm-hmm. which is most often the response that I get from, so like, I, I usually can't wait to come out to new cis women friends because they're always like, ah, and, um, <laughs> and I love yeah. that reaction that like, oh my God, that's you. I'm such a whore for that kind of, Me uh, too. <laughs> yeah, Me too. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> So you'd asked about you'd asked about advice about coming out though, right? I ask a lot of things, but yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I I don't feel comfortable making a recommendation. Speaking for myself personally, it eats me up inside to feel like I'm keeping a secret. And that's that's one of the reasons I'm thinking so much about work right now, right? Is because like pride is coming up. I'm I'm on this podcast, right? You know, this is the kind of thing that if it were a friend, if I had some other friend who was on this podcast and yeah me yeah well like you right (laughs) gosh thanks i guess yeah well (laughs) well you know i'm still still deciding i'm just kidding i love you and it's it's the kind of like so like i said we have that lgbtq channel uh slide channel at work and like it's the kind of thing i would share a link for i'm comfortable being like hey i exist in this world i'm not worried about that in terms of professional identity um but I'm on the fence about whether to, you know, like in a few weeks or a month or two, whenever this episode comes out, I'm, I'm thinking a lot right now about like, I can release it tomorrow. If you, it'll help you come out at work. <laughs> you, you really want me to? <laughs> yes. I am yeah. that desperate for your, your, okay, make your you, you, uh, you like, I was listening to, to, to Candace's uh, interview the other day and like you, you, you had a lot of advice for, for child rearing for her. So give me your professional advice. Um, 
I mean, just just go out or go out and be yourself. I mean, it's not that <laughs> hard. It's, it's, it's you're like, so yeah. <laughs> you're so uh, you're so unflappable. You just you just yeah. don't, you don't yeah, understand logic. social anxiety. Go at all. out and dress up. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Let me ponder this for a bit. <laughs> it's like okay. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Maybe maybe uh, maybe I will. I don't know. You should, and then show all your photos, get all the fucking hype as you want to be, and then you'll be the fucking like bad badass bitch that'll have your fucking plaque somewhere. Like, oh yeah, Maddie's here. <laughs> Maddie works here. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, it's funny. Like, um, you know, when you have like that weird, like weird hobby that you're oddly good at on your friend group or at work, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, you know how to stack cups? That's fucking weird pretty cool though <laughs> no exactly and that's and that's the comparison i make though is like what if even like let's 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 just sidestep over to kind of an adjacent hobby right and be like what if i was really into like marvel cosplay and i made iron man mm-hmm. armor or something that's yeah. potentially something i wouldn't like parade around at work either just because right, it's right. i don't know some people might especially you know like you know executive level people who are responsible for your career advancement might think it's just kind of like juvenile or whatever and they might not take you seriously if you're trying yeah. to advance your career but it's not affecting work you're not again you're not like fucking captain america at work every day you know, like, <laughs> yeah no like, oh, that's true. captain america again maddie's captain right. america today or fuck she's the hulk oh jesus like she's don't get her angry you know like <laughs> <laughs> Like what do we like? It's not that kind of thing to me. I know. I know. Maybe a person with social anxiety who has that built up strange. Like we talked a bit about the irrationality of our own brains that we think that this is the exact worst thing. But honestly, people have their own self interest, so they're not even thinking of ten shits about you because they're worried about themselves. But yeah, I don't. I don't think I don't see a problem with you coming out at work personally. But no, you're probably right. I have come out to a few individual coworkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually accidentally outed myself to one of my coworkers. That's a love it. Explain that how just happened. Yeah. So okay, you, you know how like last year or whatever, Kick had that whole like shutdown drama. Yeah, yeah. The child, the child molesters and the predators. No, yeah. <laughs> no not that. I'm talking oh, about the. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was like it was some like SEC trouble or something and they had they ended up having to like sell it they were they were, were going to just shut it down and then they ended up selling it off to another company anyway there was this mad scramble for the kick crossdresser community to like try to find a new platform oh yeah and, that's right, right that's right yeah so sometime in the last year as i've been exploring other platforms to try to have a place to have friends again i i decided to try telegram and it didn't occur to me at the time that when you have to, for any service that you have to sign up with a phone number there's a good chance it's going to like try to push connections to other people who have your phone number. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. So I didn't find it, like I didn't find out about this until like last week where one of my co- one of my current coworkers who was a former coworker and has been a friend all the time in between I, I forgot what I think we I think were just bantering and I was saying something about how like I erroneously set off gadar all the time. He's like, "Oh, by the way, this popped up on my phone a few months ago." <laughs> And he, he held his he held his like telegram up and then like there was Maddie's face like right there on the profile. It's like oh fuck. <laughs> and <laughs> how, is, how did it go though? What was the general like? Oh, oh it went fine. Yeah, I was I was probably going to come out to him soon anyway, just because like he is a really good friend and he's made it clear that he's an ally. So it was no big deal. And and for anyone else listening, that is almost always how it actually goes. I can't speak to like where you live, right? I live in Portland, Oregon. It's this is about as 
like liberal and and and, and accepting like weirdly liberal too like weird like 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 toxically liberal yeah. yeah and i and I, I say that as a as a registered democratic voter probably democratic socialist leaning like i'm <laughs> i'm pretty lefty right but it's like it's still it's too much for me here sometimes <laughs> I, was, I mentioned this to you the other day i was listening to your uh one of the latest episodes and you were using using the phrases biological male and biological female and i was like walking on the street like kind of cringing to myself going like i would fu- get fucking yelled at here if i said that <laughs> yeah yeah it's because it's like you know when you want want people too equal <laughs> and you're right. just like yeah. fighting for everything you're like yeah. you know you, you can chill i yeah. guess yeah. Yeah. I think it's all part of like the, the whole white fragility conversation It's like, it turns into like crusaderism very easily. Um, all right. Well, where were we? I don't know. I just love talking. I just love listening to you. You, you. you are very, you have a lot to say and I love it, but um, we were talking about uh, uh, coming out. Do you have any recommendations from your coworker? Your coworkers are fine. And it's, I think, I think this is, I think this is a fact of psychology that keeping secrets is bad for your health. That's why they're therapeutic processes. That's why therapy works, right? Is because you have someone to confess to. That's why, um, you know, why the podcast is here. That's why, why, the, here. why the podcast is here. Why uh, Catholicism has confession. Why it, it's, yeah, it's therapeutic to share who you are and to be your authentic self. The, the more you can come out, the better off you will be just in your heart just psychologically, you'll be a happier person. The more, you know, just feeling like you have friends who will back you up, friends who support you, friends who encourage you, family who, uh, like my sister, my younger sister is so supportive. She's my biggest fan. (laughs) We send each other snaps about makeup and stuff all the time. It's so, it feels so good having an ally like that, that is so close to you. So find those people and start slow if you have to. You don't have to do it all at once. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't flood yourself, right? Take care of yourself as you do this, but take those steps and and do it. Yeah. Um, can you repeat what you said and look at a mirror, please? Thanks. <laughs> Fuck off. Like, like, are you trying to give yourself advice? Like, this is, what are you, what are you talking I told, about? Like, I told you, I'm out to most people, just not like my boss. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, when you do come out to your boss, please let us know how that goes okay. tomorrow. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> like, like I always say, are when people don't come out at work or to whomever they are afraid to come out to, have you had any interaction with that person where it was like, ooh, yikes? You know, like you had some suspicions, like they probably wouldn't take this well with your boss. No, or, no and yeah, I don't know. Like, what, what in the last year, one of my coworkers came out as trans, and it was no big deal. Everyone was really cool about it. So it's. It's not that I have, I, I only have evidence that it would be fine. But as you've commented on, I, I think a lot about things. I overthink things. And, and it really boils down to the whole like professional identity part of it. Mm-hmm. But your work clearly doesn't see members of the LGBTQ society in a negative way if there's a whole channel for it on your Slack. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, of course not. Yeah. So is it a negative thing to be out again? It can or it can be at your work as a crossdresser, transgender, or a person who does drag. I, I think it's a little bit harder as, okay, ooh, ooh, no, this is a fun, that's a fun question because these categories are perceived very differently. Um, ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
right? You know, uh, trans identity is is probably the most visible right now, and deservedly so, and probably needs more validation than the rest of us. And the thing the thing about it is, as far as workplaces go, is that it really is about being being your whole self in the moment. And and you might you might respond to me and say like. Yeah, but this is also about being your whole self, about not having to keep secrets. But being a cross-dresser doesn't affect how I show up for Zoom meetings, right? It doesn't affect what pronouns people use for me at work. It's not nearly as important in any of those ways. It's just about affirming your gender identity. And so it's, it's uh, I'm struggling with how to phrase this a little bit. Um, I Maybe I'll just let that fade off into like my next point which is that like uh drag as a category is in a really fun place right now thanks to mostly thanks to rupaul right that it, it has so much pop cultural culture visibility uh we're to the point where we have drag drag queens that are like, like trixie and katya right everyone has watched uh on youtube right and in that domain you can be a man in a dress and not be a joke you can be a man in a dress and be fierce, you can be funny, you can you know, just like everyone, everyone will love that person, right? Being mm-hmm. a cross-dresser is still, doesn't benefit from either of those scenarios. It's your, it's your weird hobby that is probably rooted in fetishism. And outside of the domain of drag, being a man in a dress is still very much a joke, right? I was thinking about that when you were talking about that TV show that you mentioned on, on a recent episode that, um, yeah, it was super cool that there was a man cross-dressing on, on, on TV every week, but at the same time, it was the rooted humor. It was about emasculation, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and um, that's the problem is I start to go into these long answers and I forget what question I was answering. No, no, keep um, going. I know you have, yeah. a, you have a point and let's get there. And then we'll <laughs> I think I think I made it right. Is, is that I, I'm in an awkward category, right? Being a crossdresser is an awkward category because uh, because it doesn't ha- it, it doesn't have any of the social approval that um, to the extent that you know in, at least in the world that I inhabit, transness has social approval. That's certainly not true everywhere, and I and I recognize that. But in my world, it has a social approval. Drag has social approval in my world. And yet in both of those worlds, even being a crossdresser is sometimes dismissed, right? There's a, there's sort of a, um, mm-hmm. in, especially when we're talking about Portland, you know, like Trantifa is huge here. And a lot of them are very like anti-crossdresser. It's mm-hmm. in the, and to me, it feels like in the same way that there's the phenomenon of like um, bisexual uh, erasure, right? This, this idea that, Anyone who identifies as bisexual is either on their way to identifying as gay or on their way to finishing experimenting and just going back to living a straight life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think in some circles, ident- identifying as a cross-dresser gets viewed in a very same way. Either you're trans and you just haven't fully accepted that yet. Right. And the confound is that sometimes that, like, a lot of the time that actually is the case. Or you're just, I don't know, like a pervert. I guess that's the other side of that spectrum. That's me. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why I think that's why we get along so well. <laughs> yes. We are per- pervert, perverted together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how they say home together or stay, stay together or uh, what's it? Save, say, stay home together. Yeah. We're, we're perverts together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's validating. So of course I'm going to ask, and we'll we'll ask that question a little bit later. But um, yeah, how do you think you as a cross dresser, if that's how we identify, and we have problems with the word already, you make that better to to not feel or be discriminated against essentially uh, where you're like, Oh, you're just this, or you're just a crossdresser or, Oh, you're, yeah. you're bound to transition or, Oh, you're, how do you fix that? If, if, if crossdresser is the term that you identify as. It is. And I really want to reclaim it because I, it, par- yeah. partly I just like the simplicity of it, but it has all these negative associations and that's a problem. So I'm doing my part. I feel like I'm doing my part to fix it just by putting my content out there, proudly claiming crossdresser and just being like, look at me. I'm good at this. I'm maybe almost a drag queen. I would love to identify as a drag queen. I just don't feel like I <laughs> quite take the, um, <laughs> I don't take the, the glam quite to that level. So I might get there eventually. But yeah, claiming crossdresser, putting myself out there, not being a creep. And because, you know, that's how, that's how drag queens got to where they are. That's how RuPaul got drag queens to where they are is just being like, here I am. I'm awesome. But in your opinion, then Sarah and I always talk about this and I still agree with it. Are crossdressers transgender? <sighs> That's the model that I grew up with. Okay. Cause when I was like 14, 15, 16, figuring out my identity as a crossdresser, you would do your, I mean, like at the time, probably Lycos search and, um, shout out Lycos. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and you'd end up on like tri websites and stuff. And they talk about the transgender umbrella and it, it encompassed the big three. You had transsexuals, which was still a term that wasn't, I guess, like derogatory at that point. I'm not saying it needs to stick around just to be clear. Just like, that's, that's the word we used then crossdressers and drag queens, right? That was the, that was the transgender umbrella because all the other all the other identities that we had to choose from now either didn't exist yet or just hadn't hit the you know momentum that things like that need to enter the the zeitgeist so the the fact that there this actually and this ties into what i was saying about cross or erasure is that like the like back when you did the episode it was the first one i listened to actually back when you did the episode about our cross-dressers transgender um, you go to the Wikipedia page, and it's still it's still reflected that model that I just described from the '90s. I went back and I checked it again, like a month or two ago, and it had changed. It had been updated, and at the like in the intro paragraph at the very end, it says, "And some people also consider crossdressers as part of this group." <laughs> so that's pretty Yay. expensive. Yeah, yeah. progress. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, I this really this to use your phrase, this really grinds my gears. Right. I, I, I have an axe to grind by feeling like I'm getting kicked out of the club that I used to belong to because some people don't like what some other people who use my term are doing. I understand that if you have gone through the whole trans questioning process and you have and you have transition and you are you are living that life and maybe at maybe during a long period of that time, you did identify as a crossdresser. And maybe that period of your life is wrapped up in a lot of pain. I understand why you would want to distance yourself from that term. I get it. Some of us actually are just crossdressers, though. I don't. I don't use just dismissively. <laughs> I mean it I to say, it. yeah. I mean it to say that like some crossdressers aren't transitioning into a different identity, aren't on their way somewhere else. It's not a slippery slope for everyone, right? So, 
in the like you want to talk about the definition of the word right it's about it's about crossing gender it's about it's about uh crossing gender lines and we're doing that so in that if you want to be really pedantic about the meaning of the word transgender yeah of course we are let us let's, let's stay in the club <laughs> right right yeah so was your answer no or yes <laughs> I mean, I don't... it's both it's both no. i like I, I personally don't feel a big need to claim transgender for myself it's really just more uh being grumpy about feeling like something's being taken away from me <laughs> yeah I, I mean honestly i when i made the episode with sierra i was just like look if people want to want to like fit somewhere just say you're there and then just leave it at that <laughs> and then go about, <laughs> go about your day like obviously yeah. some people are going to continue some people are going to stay some people are going to be like like me and i'm like i dress up sometimes i don't need it every day i'm good like yeah I, I, you know, that's all it is but i know people are you know we talk about labels and they want to fit under some um, somewhere and i'm just like okay here take this fine <laughs> take this you'll need this go like you know video uh, li- right. need this. yeah go. L- labels are so challenging they they and, and i think it really like i think the problem for the cross-dressing community is that we don't have enough because cross-dresser is not a monolithic identity right um there's right. a there's a, there's a huge range between like someone who likes to put on pantyhose and jerk off and like someone like me right and yeah. um or me, and I do both. Or, no, I don't yeah, know. right. Exactly, right. It's it's. I'm not saying that to be d- dismissive of the pantyhose fetishists, right? Shut I up. fully I support everything you're doing. I love you. Keep doing it. Maybe try. Maybe put on a dress too. Like try. You know, try try it out. See how it feels to feel pretty. Right. Right. <laughs> but but it's like fine. you know, wherever you exist in that journey, it doesn't have to go anywhere. Maybe it would be helpful maybe to have a few more terms so that like I have a a friend who I should connect with because I haven't talked to her in a while, but I have a friend who likes to use the term max effort cross-dresser, which I, I think is great. I think it communicates the intention of like what I do really well. Does that mean when they like wear a maxi pad while they... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's go with that. Okay, um, cool. Intense. <laughs> I love it. All right. Add that in my uh, definition book. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. Okay. But it's wordy, right? You know, and, and the problem with new terms is that you have to explain them every time you use them. So I can be like, yeah, I'm a such and such crossdresser, but like, I still have mm-hmm. to follow that up with, and here's what that means. But I, I guess I have to do that anyway. Like that's one of the biggest reasons over the last year that I have kept my Instagram not private is because it actually, because it makes it really easy to come out to friends. Cause I can be like, by the way, this is a, this is a hobby that I have and like, check it out. I actually, you know, I'm not just a creepy weirdo. Uh, I mean, aren't we all though? So you're still. Well, I mean, yeah, I am a creepy weirdo, but like, I, I, at least I look good doing it. So, um, God, do I sound like egotistical? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so that's a yes. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter though. Like, com- so there's that fine line of confidence versus, you know, like yes, yes, being a dick. <laughs> like, right. Calm down. Calm down. We get it, Maddie. You're fucking cute. Get back the fuck off now. You can stop that. I'm like, chill the fuck out, all right? Okay, okay. You're making us all like feel bad. Like, all right, well. Uh, Am I really, or are you just fucking with me right now? You're fucking hot. Just shut the fuck up. Are you serious? This is, no, no, this is I like, don't okay, fuck, you bad, make your, sorry, all right, fine, you're the hottest shit ever, Jesus. No, I don't, I'm not the hottest shit ever. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I'm not the hottest shit ever. There are girls that are way hotter than me. And, um, uh, but I do like, I do get my share of the spotlight and I don't ever want to be a dick about it. Right. And, like I want to, I want to be gracious about it and I want to share the spotlight as much as possible. I want to uplift everyone around me. I really want to be a positive force. I don't want to be a, I mean, let's a, be real. Bitch, you have, right. 
you have mastered the fo- the photo. Like you are such a good photographer, I guess, of just like good angles. The package is there, and oh, I bought, are I, I gravitating bought bo- towards like b- books on posing. I, g- I go really deep on my interests. <laughs> Seriously, so it's just like yeah. okay, well, we get it. You are the feminine like thing. You got it down. Like yes, that's that's all that matters. I may be good at podcasting, but you're very good at like being feminine. So it's like you know we've got goals in life, essentially. Thank goals. you. But like you, I love the compliment. So I love when people say, oh, hot shit. <laughs> okay, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I squealed. Like, stop, out. stop. But keep it going. Keep it yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. I squealed when you and Sarah mentioned me on the show the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. They think like people, well, for me too, they're like, oh, you're so, like when they're super excited to talk to me. I'm like, really? Why? <laughs> you could talk to me online. You, like you, you called me like yesterday. It was just like, oh, that's that's all it took. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. What do you want? <laughs> like, well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like we're, we're a, a small enough subculture and the show has a small enough audience that like you don't have people busting down your door. You don't have to put up those, those boundaries that like a, you know, I'm going to use air quotes here. Real celebrity would, um, excuse me. Are you, <laughs> what? are you fucking kidding me right now? A real celebrity. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots yeah. fucking fired right now. Um, yeah. we're such a niche of a niche of a niche within a niche. So it's just like, Right. Like an yeah. inception. No, but I, I, I relate to what you're saying too, because like I've had that, I've had a similar experience recently because like I'm pretty good at making photos and I do put my photos where people can see them. I get usually like newbie cross-dressers coming to me going like treating me like a celebrity being like, can you know, can you, will you give me your time? Nice. <laughs> Don't nice. be fucking yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah. Of course. I'm going to talk to you. Like, I'm not going to give you a makeover. I don't have time for that. But, um, <laughs> answer your questions if you have specific ones don't just ask for makeup tips ask me like specifically what you what you need to know i'll answer any questions you ask me yeah and clearly you are a i wouldn't say a star in the community i mean you might be i mean you probably are now now that you're on the podcast but um, (laughs) um, (laughs) you're hot shit and people recognize it and of course if you are good at something people want to be like well i want to be good at something as well how do i get to that point or whatnot or that's what this podcast offers it's just like i want to get better or learn about what other people are doing or like there's not enough i still think there's not enough resources like you're saying like even terminology for cross-dressers who are in this sure cross-dressing is a spectrum too or scatter plot of trying to figure out where you lie right i know we hate labels but it's like well, we want to find somewhere where we at least identify with or people. Well, we need the labels purchase. though, right? Like the labels are problematic because they're always an oversimplification, but we still also need to be able to communicate and categorize and chop ideas up into transmissible units. So I'm all for labels. It's just that we need to recognize that they're, they're never going to perfectly communicate what they're there for. Right. And that's why I like having these conversations with someone yeah. like yourself and other guests who Tell me about where you think you identify or where do you think you feel you have these things. And then we all find common interest or like you're one of the first people that I've talked to has just like cross-dressing in like the temporary state and looking like a slut temporarily. I do. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Damn, I love the shade we're showing each other. I'm a a classy lady. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. For sure. Okay. You don't have a... (laughs) You don't have an OnlyFans yet, but once you do, all right, then I'll be like, okay, how do I subscribe to that? Okay. We'll send an extra like, like, oh yeah, subscribe to this. You'll get like a free, (laughs) tell them Giselle sent you and we'll get you an extra like 10% off of her 
panties. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to market each other that way. We're, yes. Are we selling my panties now? Is that what's happening? I mean, you know, I don't even, there's, you know there's what? a market gonna, for it. I'm going to blow your so. mind right now. I don't own any women's panties. What? Yeah, I don't. Explain. Because I have one gaff because that's all I actually need. And I wear like four fucking layers of tights over it. There's no need for panties. Hmm. Tell me more about your your package is. Yes. What? <coughs> Wait, what? How do you, <laughs> so you wear a gaff, you wear panties. So you're all about tucking then. Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, only as much as necessary. I go for the minimum effective dose. I'm not like, you know, Trinity. Uh, fuck, what's her name? You know what I'm talking. No, you don't know what I'm talking about because you don't watch Drag Race. I don't. I mean, unless you want to sell those things on, you know, those gaffs and those used pantyhose, you don't know there are a lot of freaks out there who will. Uh, oh no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I've just got the one gaff. So uh, yeah, no, I, I only tuck as much as necessary um, because I don't like harming my my balls. And not that it's inherently harmful. I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression. I just um, I've always been a little squeamish about it. Interesting. Interesting. So I give, a little, I give a little smush, I give a little tuck, put on the gaff, and by the time I get all of my layers on, it just flattens everything out, and I don't need to do any more. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Is it not a, it's not at all a fetish for you, or is it, do you get sexually turned on or turned on at the fact it's, that you like, Yeah, no, I mean, it is a fetish, of course. That's because, like, again, that's how it starts for most of us. So... Most of us who identify as crossdressers. That's when, when I say us, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about trans women. I'm not talking about anyone else. I just want to be clear. Don't don't cancel me, please. Um, you are canceled. Yes, you will be regardless of what you say here. It's, it's you, can't win. you can't win. No one no one's ever happy. So whatever, just be yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Spoken like someone who's never experienced social anxiety. Um, exactly. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. My ass is hang out worse than just, just fucking do it. That's how I feel like, but yes, I don't know what that is like, but yeah. So, but no, of course there's a, there is a, the idea of it is it like can, can be a turn on. Yes, absolutely. It just doesn't tend to happen when I'm actually dressing. So there's a weird irony or paradox there. No, it makes sense. I mean, if a dick is hard, (laughs) if a dick is hard in the woods, but there's no <laughs> boner, but it's not available. It's not available to to rise. Does it really get hard? You know what I mean? Like it's kind of kind of a Schrodinger's dick situation. Yeah, exactly. Schroeder, right. Schroeder, it's, both, it's uh, both hard and flaccid at the same time, depending exactly. on right. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to that because uh, have you ever read a book called um, "Come as You Are" by what's her name Michelle it sexual, Yes. What about it? It is sexual. It's about human sexuality. Okay. Okay. And, is it spelled um, C U M as you are, or is it? No, it's it's spelled C O M E, but it, oh, that is, okay. that, is that is like. the pun. Yeah, the, the cover Got has it. like a like a zipper on it. It looks like a nice. Know, labia. Okay, okay. And she does. It's been a little while since I read it, so I might not be able to do it justice explaining it right now. But she does a phenomenal job of explaining the intricacies of human arousal. That it's there are systems at work that are not like it's much more complicated than just turned on or not turned on right that there are states of sexual readiness that don't necessarily translate to anatomical hardness whether we're talking about uh you know a dick or a clit or wetness whether we're talking about vaginal wetness or um like pre-com because those are physiologically the same fluid so that's that, that's the interesting thing is that there's like a i i i do find myself in that state of sort of like right physical readiness after feeling pretty for a while and to just be very 
blunt about what I mean is that I'm tearing down and taking everything off. Like maybe there's some like wetness, right? Maybe there's some pre-cum there. I never got hard in the whole, during the whole process. I was never consciously thinking like, I'm ready to bang it out. <laughs> but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but my body is like, this is sexy. This is sexy. We're going to kind of prime the pumps. So that's, that's my best answer. Interesting. Um, yeah. so you're not like the, you're not, you're not doing like the Buffalo bill from silence of the lambs where you're like, oh, <laughs> no. sort of thing. no, no, it's not like that at all. I mean, kind of, but not, yeah. not a gross way. I get that. I get that. I, because I mean, I've, I've admitted, maybe I've, have I admitted to the podcast? I've jerked off to myself or like the, the thought of like being a woman or whatever is hot. Like, I don't know. Like, well, okay. So now we're getting into like autogynophilia, right? Which is a real, real problematic, um, topic for the trans community and i understand why they want to distance themselves from that and i'm not talking about them but i think i I think a lot of cross-dressers do identify with that experience and and i do the the thought of transforming into a woman is a um is a sexually exciting idea but not being fucked as one (laughs) well weirdly no yeah it's i'm i'm surprisingly straight (laughs) and that's not for lack of examination so you're not like for me, for me, I'm attracted to all sorts of femininity. So are you yeah. attracted to trans women at all? Uh, potentially, yeah. And, and that's okay. the thing. So again, this is where we get into labels, right? And mm-hmm. where for sexual orientation, we don't have enough. For like as long as the Kinsey scale has been around, I'm kind of surprised that we don't have more terms that map to it. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've heard yeah. Kinsey scale... Yeah, so it's just it's a scale of like uh, numerically, it's like zero to six or zero to seven, and zero represents one hundred percent heterosexual, and the the other side of the range is one hundred percent homosexual, and bisexual is right in the middle. But you have like two numbers on either side of bisexual. Hmm. Of course, there would be two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So. I don't know. I think that's useful, right? It would be nice to have terms for those other numbers, right? That if, if we were limited to, because if you just say, it's one of the reasons that like bisexual has never worked for me is because communicatively it's, it's weak. It, 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 it implies that you're equally attracted to both sexes, period. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, or both gender expressions, period. But usually when we're talking about sexual orientation, we're talking about what you were assigned at birth, right? Right. So also, You've been doing this long enough. You've been putting yourself on the internet long enough. You you go out, right? How many times have you been? <laughs> how many times have you been approached by SDR numeral eight men, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Straight guys love crossdressers, um, unless they yeah. ha- unless they have a violent reaction to them. But like, <laughs> right, right. You know, so like, what I take away from that is that I, I think. I think sexual orientation, at least the way that like, I won't speak to gayness because I, I'm, I'm not, and I don't know that lived experience, but I think, I think straightness in reality describes an att- attraction to a gender expression, not attraction to a certain anatomy. Right. I, I love that. No, you're, I totally agree where I've talked to straight men or so-called identifying self-identifying mm-hmm. straight men where they say that like they're attracted to crossdressers because this is it's dumb, but it's because crossdressers try to be feminine. <laughs> so they're trying to they're trying I was like, oh, right. That we that we do that we do girl better than real girls do. Yeah, you're doing girl mode <laughs> like you're oh you're at no, it's cause you're hot. And I'm like, Yeah, okay. And you're like, oh no, it's cause you're 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 wearing makeup. And I'm like, God damn, that's your barometer for <laughs> beauty? Fuck. 
sad. We were like, oh, no, it's because you're wearing, I was just like, Jesus, if you just want to fuck, then just tell me, goodness gracious. <laughs> but it's that kind of, I get that. So I guess my question to you is, You've been in relationships before, and if you have, what was that like if you ever came out to them as a crossdresser, or what was that like? Yeah, yeah, no, I always come out to my, uh, I've only ever been in relationships with cis women, and I always come out very early. At this point, it's like in the ubiquity of online dating, it's usually even before the first date, because it just comes up. You're just going through the usual, like, getting to know you, text exchanges, and it might be as simple as like, what are you doing this weekend? Do you have any interesting hobbies? What do you do for fun? And especially when I'm in a mode where I'm I'm in a like a very active dressing content producing mode. It's going to be what I'm doing that weekend, and I'm not going to lie about it. So <laughs> it's it's oh, uh, that's good. Yeah, I don't put it on my profile, but I feel like it. I, I've never had any problem personally. Maybe it's been a deal breaker in some cases, but like never in a dramatic way. And I've always been surprised at how much of a problem it's not most of the time. Maybe that's a Portland thing. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, is that a Portland thing? that They're like, oh, wow, that's all, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know. What, what's what's weird there, really? Nothing is, right? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's also, I mean, it's, it's, it's also kind of hard to know how that would play out. I'm sure in some cases it would be a possibility where it's because when you're in the dating space, you're trying to see the best in the person. You're trying, you have the most like positive override for anything that might be um, a deal breaker with this right. person that you're attracted to, right? You know, you're giving them the more benefit of the doubt than you will at any other point in your relationship. So it could be the case that half of these women are like, who are like, wow, that's cool. You look amazing. No, I'm cool with that. Maybe especially the ones that are like, but I'm not into it sexually. Maybe eventually that would end up being a problem in a long-term relationship, but I, it, I can't speak to that because those, you know, those permutations of the future never happened. Hmm. And are you currently seeking or dating or are you taking a break from it or like looking for partners on websites? I, <laughs> I have been taking a break from it. I went through a breakup almost a year. Yeah. Right about a year ago and have just been laying, laying low for the pandemic. It just hasn't felt worth it to try to get out there and negotiate all the challenges of sharing. There's this weird, there's, I know you recently got married. I assume that you have been, you know, together for a while. Kind of, I guess. Jeez, what's three years? Yeah, I guess. Three years? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The pandemic created a weird dynamic in the dating process where you have to have very detailed conversations about health and safety in a way that's very much like negotiating topics of uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Mm -hmm. Good point, yeah. Very upfront, assuming you're taking the pandemic seriously, and I personally hope you are, that cr it creates this... It almost feels like very shortly after meeting someone, you're talking about, it's an old fashioned term here, but I think it, it communicates my idea best. Like you're having conversations about whether or not you're going steady, like after like the third date, right? Um, right, right. <laughs> an investment. Like I want to know if I'm, if you're in it for whatever, right? Or just, yeah. I mean, like, or, or even just like, are, are we going to commit to being the only people that we share air with? for mm -hmm. the duration or for mm -hmm. however long this works and that it's i feel like it's very easy to confuse the emotions of that that conversation feel very similar to negotiating a long-term relationship it feels almost like mm. hey do you want to get married <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah, yeah right yeah. 
And when it's someone that you've only known for a few weeks, then I don't know. That was just a problem I didn't want to negotiate. I'm 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 ready. As much as I as much as I love taking photos as Maddie, it, I, I really have a hard time like getting up the motivation to take boy mode dating profile pictures of myself. So interesting. Why is that? Yeah. What is that? I okay. So I was. Uh, I'm going to answer this in an oblique way. I was listening to a episode of a podcast called Scissoring is Not a Thing, uh, in which Ms. Cracker mm-hmm. of RuPaul's Drag Race was being interviewed. And this actually pertains to the conversation of trans questioning, the trans questioning experience of being a crossdresser also. Uh, but she made a comment about how, I, I think just the topic came up about personal expression in boy mode. And it's such a common thing for so many drag queens, so many crossdressers are like, I have so many girl clothes. I love doing this. I love taking pictures like this, but I'm a total schlub as a guy. I'm not that way. I actually do actually really enjoy men's clothes. And like I said, I do actually spend more. I, I tend to buy higher quality in men's clothes because I actually wear them out in the world. And Wow. Fancy. Okay. Even stuff that way. Yeah. But, uh, oh, so, so the, the uh, Ms. Cracker was talking about this and she was like, I love looking at myself in the mirror as Cracker. As Maxwell, not so much, right? That's her, that's her boy name. And I, I felt so seen in that moment, right? Because it's like, it's not, that I, it's not that I think I'm unattractive as a guy. It's not that I hate seeing myself. It's just, it's probably just that I just don't get the, the payoff that I get. Like if I get a good picture of myself in boy mode, I'm like, cool, okay, great. Maybe this will get me a date. If I get a good picture of myself as Maddie, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to share this with everybody. Mm. Mm. You know? And what is that? Is that because of the work you're putting in as Maddie for yourself versus the the work you're putting in for Poison? I think it's a function of beauty. I think I think that that the gender of beauty is really interesting, and I don't think there's a one to one relationship between feminine beauty and you know handsomeness, hmm. ma- masculine handsomeness. I don't think. Explain. Explain. I don't think they're two sides of the same coin, right? I don't think they're the, they're gender equivalents of each other. I think beauty is beauty, actually, right? You know, you look at a Who's like a who's like a handsome guy that like yourself, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like <laughs> like uh, Chris Evans, right? Um, he's all right. Well, he's all right. Yeah, well, and maybe he's a bad example because he does have he does have more slender, more feminine features. For he is like only Captain America, I a guess. big muscle guy, you know. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe to stay in the the Marvel realm, maybe Robert Downey Jr. is a better example of handsomeness, right? Like, I don't know that you'd call him a beautiful man, right? I mean, post Indio, yeah, he was fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for those uh, for old timers who don't know that joke, he did a lot of drugs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But uh, sorry, I keep sidetracking you. I have a lot of I, comments. Sorry. No, it's it's great. Um, <laughs> this is this is a this is a one of my like pet theories that I I'm still kind of developing, so I don't fully have the like the argument locked down for it's it. Fine, yet. make it up. We we don't care here. This is yeah. a podcast. I, I, but that's that, that's the gist, though. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Is I just kind of think that beauty is beauty, and that and that uh, we happen to it happens to be the domain. Traditionally, it happens to be the domain of women. And of course, there are people that there have been people that that push those boundaries. The classic examples like David Bowie and Prince, and you know, somehow somehow rock and rollers are able to just be super gay and not get called out for it. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's yeah. been an inter- interesting phenomenon of like the 20th century. But I mean, but now you now you've got like Harry Styles, and, and he's pushing all kinds of gender boundaries, and everyone loves it. So 
Yeah, so you don't you don't think you're as handsome in ratio to the prettiness, the beauty you experience as Maddie? Is that what I, I'm I don't I don't think it has the same psychological effect. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there's being being a handsome guy does not give you the same does not give you. I don't think it gives anyone the same emotional high that you get from feeling gorgeous. There's no there's we don't have a word for a man feeling gorgeous. Mm. Can you think of one? Like if you, yeah, just, it's just like, oh, he's good looking. Like that's the only thing. Yeah. I can think of. Or he's handsome, good looking, suave. Is that a thing? <laughs> suave, maybe that's a very specific kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've never felt suave. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, in, in most cultures too, cause in, in Filipino culture, there's, it's called guapo, which is like also like good looking, handsome, but it's like, oh, yeah. that's, that's male specific. Like, oh, you, a, like a, a woman isn't handsome, right? Like, yeah. A woman's pretty or beautiful or gorgeous or fierce or killing it, as they say, versus yeah. a guy's just like good looking. I think I'm on the same boat as you. I also wasn't as, and maybe that's also upbringing, but I wasn't like revered as a guy as growing up. Yeah. Um, also, I was in a terrible relationship. So the girl, friend from hell, Jen, shout out to your terribleness. Ugh. Yeah. Not saying, oh, you're pretty or you're good looking. It's just like, oh, hey, versus like, yeah. Whereas like nope. girls, uh, when you're experiencing, when you're dressed up as Maddie, you get the reverence and you get the adoration from people like, oh my God, yes. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I guess I'm, I would like to change that too. It's something I'm working on as well. Feeling good as a guy. When I started dating Kirsten, she was dressing me in better clothes. Cause like Maxwell is what you're saying. Uh, his name was, or her name was. Ms. Cracker. Yeah. Yeah. Ms. Cracker. Just looking at yourself as a guy, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a slob. Like um, yeah. boy clothes. I wear basketball shorts. I'm wearing basketball shorts now as a guy. Cause I'm like, man, right. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? But my, my, my girl clothes was like stacked with like hyper feminine outfits. Then I'd go out and dressed up and it's like, who the fuck? Like, wait that's you <laughs> when people are like like are you sure that's you and i'm like yeah and they're like no no you don't wear those clothes and i was like yeah i do and they're like well, why do you wear like these clothes when you're dressed as a guy and i'm like huh i don't know that's a good point yeah i found it harder to find a my niche with guy guy clothes and still i mean like i can get excited about them and be like yeah this is a good outfit i feel good in this but it's not like ooh, i feel fucking fierce right guy clothes i don't know i hate referring to seinfeld but how they were saying like men's bodies are very utilitarian it's like a jeep right yeah <laughs> <laughs> right? whereas a woman's body is like it's beautiful it's like you know like work of art because of the it's slender there's boobs there's um you know it's hairless it's like i don't know it's almost pristine like it was done like pretty guys i don't know and when you dress a guy this again we're not i'm not trying to hate on guys clothing or fashion because some guys do look really great in this traditional like male sense of mm -hmm. suits and fucking tuxedos and stuff but like when a girl wears that stuff when a girl wears a suit or a tuxedo oh, i don't know something about it to me now if it fits right it can look great yeah but i wonder but if that's, that's i mean that's true for a suit on a man also right so but i wonder if like female like drag kings or like uh female ah! female people yeah right mm -hmm. do they get that same kind of like um thing we're thinking about or talking about where no when i wear a suit like i feel powerful when you know the traditional sense of a mask male is or they're more powerful or they're stronger or they're more burly i don't know maybe they get that I, same concept. i don't yeah i don't know i have yet to have a conversation with a drag king there are some great drag kings that i would love to talk to i would do i would like 
I would have a drag king persona myself because like the the more flamboyant expressions of masculinity like Liberace comes to mind um which is which is such he, he was such a drag king character right <laughs> right for those who don't know who Liberace is he was a gay man in the 60s and uh, 50s to 70s um, 50s to 70s yeah he was a he was a pianist and he was he was known for his big hair and his like rhinestones and very colorful outfits and capes and things like that so I could so get into that too, right? If that was more accessible and totally could be, right? I've thought about this, having a drag king persona as well. It's just that like, uh, how many wardrobes do you want to maintain? You know, I'm already spending right. too much on two. I don't need to <laughs> throw a third right, onto it. <laughs> right. But it, it sounds like for, for yourself, I'm just trying to gathering data, gathering data. You yeah. know, it is a lot of performance. It is a lot of showing that you're Maddie. Versus yeah. um, living as Maddie, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's not th- that's the difference I think with transgender identity. If you want to, you know, talk about less of the spectrum and more focus on the transgender um, specific stuff, uh, trans questioning is: Do I want to do this all the time? And I don't know. Sometimes I think I do. I know you've had those thoughts of this seems like something I could do all the time, but then it's like, fuck, I really like that part of me. So then that's is that gender fluidity? Is that just I don't know. I think I struggle with that too. Like, what are you? <laughs> what are you? Right? What are, yeah. What are I, I don't even know what to do with that term, gender fluidity. Because I, I, I don't know if anyone agrees on whether it's, it's about gender expression or gender identity. Um, Ooh, cliffhanger yet again. Sorry, cross yas, listener. Just leaving you wanting more. Come back tomorrow for part two. And finally, the miscellany. Yeah! And that was part one of my curious conversation with Maddie. She was one of the most eager guests I've ever had who wanted to come and chat with me. And I absolutely was thrilled to have her on. We went over a variety of topics that I knew you, the Cross Yas listener, surely found informative and downright entertaining. Part two will dive a little bit deeper into how Maddie becomes Maddie as she offers tips on how she does her thing. But that's all for this episode. Glad you enjoyed it. Email me if you have feedback, Giselle at CrossCyasPodcast.com. DM me on Instagram at CrossCyasPodcast and get out to the Discord and join it if you haven't already. I also see you lurkers. No need to lurk any longer. Just chat us up. All the people on there are lovely and sweet and we welcome everyone. It's a fun little community that's free to join and we're all excited to have you there. But I'm going to get back to editing that I'm telling you this month is going to be wild with episode releases. So come back for more. Maybe even tell a friend. You know my favorite song by Aaliyah, Are You That Somebody? With Timbaland in that song who says, Gotta tell somebody. And then Aaliyah goes, Yeah, so tell somebody. Because perhaps they'd find these episodes and these curious conversations helpful. But that's all I gotta say. I'm going to go still editing furiously, but just know I love you people. Remember, nobody cares. Do whatever you want. Wear whatever you want within reason. And until next time, as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more.